When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redmen podcast. It is the summer. The Euros are in full flow, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about the mighty Reds instead because uh, we're just embittered scouse bastards and Ben. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, the crew we have assembled for your viewing and listening pleasures today uh, is myself, Paul Machen. I'm joined in the studio by Shai Fletcher. Hello, for the first time in a long time. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. The, I'm normally on the other side setting it up, but I didn't know. Oh, we've got to mute the thing so we can't hear each other. Oh, right. It was okay. brilliant. I, I equated to when we were going back to a pub, having not worked there all summer, and they changed the tills to like touch screen, and I felt oh, like yeah. a caveman on the bridge of the Enterprise. It was a bit like, <laughs> and this does what? Okay. And Tad, t- t- you're coping all right. We'll yep. get, we'll, we'll, Let's we'll, see how we'll get on. Yeah, we'll get into it as we go along. Uh, Join us from home, uh, the man, the legends, the resplendent in white, Mr. Chris Page. Hi, Chris. Hello, everyone. How are we? Or should <laughs> oh, I say, how are we? Oh, are we indeed? Uh, and also, pretty resplendent in white as well. Joining us from from upstairs, um, we've got Ben. We've got Ben Kelly as well. Ben, you good? Hello. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. I'm yeah upstairs. All well and good. I've got Ross with me, although he's in his own little world. So yeah. Yeah, rocking out to Radio X and doing Toby Tarrant. Toby Tarrant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, right, um, we are going to be discussing uh, Liverpool squad issues today because it's the summer. The transfer window isn't open yet, but that doesn't mean that we can't all have loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of fears. Sometimes irrational, uh, sometimes born of a deeper anxiety based elsewhere, but you know, always centered around transfers and what Liverpool should be doing or shouldn't be doing in the transfer market. So we're going to lay as many of our fears out on the table as possible and see if we can talk through them maybe maybe even feel better about one or two of them by the end but we'll see um we've got a kickoff question this week comes from Stephen muir uh 1982 uh says what is your guilty pleasure with tv themes i fletcher I, I don't really does it mean that we feel guilty that we like the theme song or the theme song of a program that my, we feel guilty that we my, like well, well it could be a bit of both so like my general feeling is is if it's something that if you got caught playing it really loud by like friends or the general public mm-hmm. you'd go I'd get your, you'd get your head back. I'd say a lot of TV themes are guilty pleasures in that regard. That, like, if you just listen to fucking match of the day driving your car down the road, then you're going to look like a bit of an idiot. That, yeah. but, but I am actually, I, I do actually love, love a good TV 
theme, my favourite's Grandstand. I think Grandstand's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I like I, I, all and the, before your time as well. Yeah, I know, I know, and like all the all like the the sport ones. I like, I like the cricket. I like the snooker. I like the Wimbledon. I like match of the day. I'm there. I'm, I'm into all them. There's probably some kids kids ones that are that are still like for like the nostalgia thing, like yeah. Tracy Beaker, which I loved when I was a kid. But again, I don't think I've been getting caught driving <laughs> driving down the road listening to the Tracy Beaker theme song. Even though Storms, he did do the little M bit in uh, Superhero, so he may, maybe he's made it a little bit cool. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go with Tracy Beaker. Tracy Beaker, I like that one. Chris, what about you? The shoe people. Shoe 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 people. The sh- yeah. sh- shoo people. This is going to be so laughing. Like the Tracy Beaker thing. I've got no idea. Chris has got no idea what Tracy Beaker is. And you guys clearly. But like, no idea. Any idea what the shoe people is? No. 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 I mean, no, that's it's a it's I like the, I like yeah, the sound of it, though. <laughs> it's a bit like, the, it's a, if you think of, like, the, do you know the Poddington Peas? I was going to say the Poddington no. Peas, but I have, no, <laughs> I have no clue what the Poddington Peas is either. No, it's a bit like the Poddington Peas, except, you know, the shoes. Yeah, it's, it's cartoon. Well, that clears that up. Yeah, oh, yeah, the 80s was a very odd time for cartoons, to be perfectly honest. Um, ben, presumably the Pokemon theme? Uh, no, I never was into Pokemon. I was... I, I know that's going to upset quite a lot of people. I was a Nickelodeon kid, unfortunately. So, like, I've gone down the same route as Sai because Drake and Josh and iCarly, the theme tunes for them were absolute bangers. So, it'd be the pair of them. And then more recently, um, yeah, I like the sports ones, but there's a sitcom called New Girl that also has a very catchy tune. And it's also a very funny show. So, it's probably that one for me as well. A bit more Zoe, contemporary, Zoe, mine. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Watched it. Very it's funny great. show. I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm, Sorry, is it possible for you to share your Spotify playlist of all the sports themes? Because like, <laughs> if you've not done that, that sounds like a great, great Spotify playlist, to be honest with you. Um, I haven't got it, but yeah, yeah, I can make one. I can make one. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> she's not busy I enough am... at the moment. You see, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, this is the man who told me. He told me last week. He just wandered about, wandered around the office for three hours, <laughs> <laughs> wondering, wondering what to do with myself when I had an awful lot of videos to edit. <laughs> um, yeah, we are going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the Jordan Anderson documentary series a little bit later on with Sai, who's been the guy pulling it all together for us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm obsessed with TV themes. I've got. I created yeah. a playlist on YouTube of all my favourite ones it goes back to like 80s cartoons and, and stuff and I've got my son addicted to them as well which is cool but we the, there's like something like Denver The Last Dinosaur which again you won't know but Chris will know is I, think, it? I think I might be onto it I think, it's, yeah 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 it's a, it's a banger but you wouldn't want to be you know it, it's not like a windows down and the system up kind of yeah. uh, kind of thing you know you, you wouldn't be doing that in your in your low rider while you're trying to impress birds um yeah it's it, Denver the last day so I'll definitely go with something with something like that but there's tons because you're right tv themes are they're all a little yeah. bit little bit of only fools and horses has got two really good ones the the the, the intro one and the um and the t- end titles one are both both really good yeah absolutely fucking absolutely spot on um Let's see if we got anyone. Well, people, people don't. Oh yeah, there you go. We're Paul Harding saying the Fleetwood Mac F1 intro. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Spot yeah. on. 
Yeah, the old uh, the old uh, Top Gear theme as well. Why not? Um, right, we're going to dive into it. Uh, we're going to be talking about Liverpool squad issues in a moment. But we are sponsored uh, by Redmen Picks. Um, those of you who played during the season will know the, the the overriding format. It's still running through the Euros as well. Uh, the next game up is France versus Germany, which I'm sure most people will be tuning in for. Uh, but it's a free to play game. There's a total prize pool of 250 quid, and all you've got to do is make your picks uh, for each of the questions below. Click place bet to submit your entry into the contest and follow the game live with their real-time leaderboard first place will get 125 and down from there that's a fifth place with 12 pound 50 which i always say is nothing to be sniffed at for, for just clicking a few questions and it's as simple as this will germany beat france you got to click yes or no uh will germany score in the first uh it was going to score in the second half will france keep a clean sheet and so on and so forth and it does that there's a whole bunch of games as well uh which don't show on the screen tom but i'm going to read out so people have got um so there is Turkey, Italy. It was Turkey, Italy, Wales, Switzerland has already been done. Uh, looking ahead, we've got England, Scotland coming up on Friday. Portugal, Germany, Italy, Wales, Finland, Belgium, Czech, England, Portugal, France. There's also a pay-to-play model there as well. So if you want to pay a five-pound entry fee, there's a bigger prize pool that will grow with more entries, and you can enter um, multiple times. The free-to-play one, you can enter the once. So if you just want to have a, a, a quick, light-hearted game, then you can do that. But if you want to have bigger chances, uh, then you can do that as well. Make sure, of course, that you've got to be eight team plus uh, do be gamble away and check out the terms and conditions in the link uh, that will be underneath this video podcast as well um, yes right sound um, Sai you're a man who likes to have a good old stress about about footballing matters uh, Liverpool heading into the summer have another rescued a cataclysmic season I've asked everyone for, for clarity for people watching home. I've asked everyone to kind of draw up a list of three of their biggest concerns around Liverpool's squad right now. We're going to take it in turns. What have you got first um, up? One of the ones I've got is the is still centre back. To be honest, I think we'll go. We'll be going in looking at it. You probably got Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, Canate, and then maybe now Phillips is still question marks over whether he might move on if a good good enough bid comes in for him, but. The fact that you've got Van Dijk, Gomez, and Massive all coming coming back off long term injuries, yeah. it's whether certainly in the first half of the season we are going to have we are going to have enough cover because there's a good chance that they will pick up little, little injuries and, and and be ruled out. And the last thing you want is say Van Dijk gets ruled out and then you're relying on Gomez to come in and play more games than he should be playing in his redevelopment. Yeah. When when he's when he's not ready to, yeah. and it, it is it is a bit of a worry for me. I think that's a that's a massive one, isn't it, Chris? You know, because I, I, I think on paper Liverpool have done they're taking a brilliant positive first step just going box the centre half no problem there's that little um, there was that rumour doing the rounds that like Kabak had kept all his Liverpool headers and all that kind of stuff and Liverpool were putting tweets out with him in the Liverpool kit you know congratulating him on being picked for Turkey and all that kind of stuff um, that he's, he's gonna, Liverpool are going to end up putting a low ball bid in for him but I, 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 I can get behind size so thing I, I'm not sure that it would be it would be as pressing for me but I watch, what do you do you agree with that fear? Well, looking fears, it's hard to disagree with, isn't it? I mean, it's not, it's not as an opinion it or anything share? like that. It's a, it's a genuine fear. So for me, probably my fear around the centre backs is that they just don't come back the same players. That's what my fear of those players are. I mean, when you've been out for a year and you've been at the absolute peak, can you come back and be exactly the same? And how long does it take you to get there? And and we're, are we still going to be in with a chance of the title? Is my fear around maybe Van Dijk, Joe Gomez? My fear is he's had one too many big injuries. And he's not going to come back. And Canate is not part of the system, and he's not well integrated yet, and all that type of stuff. So it's a fear that I can certainly get behind, of course. 
And also, let's not forget, Chris, that we've signed, you know, Canate, but also we've literally had every single centre back at the club injured at one point or another. So it's all well and good going. We've got we can look at the size points all spot on. But when this is also based on a world where Canate doesn't get <laughs> doesn't get injured as well. Like you can this is injury record's not great. Well it? yeah and look herein lies the path to madness of course. But you know there is there is there is that as well. We shouldn't underestimate that Liverpool's issues with injuring centre halves might not have ended just because the season because we passed an arbitrary date in the calendar. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? We've essentially had the centre-back manage for the last fucking 18 months or whatever. And you don't want them to continue with that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think that's an, it's an interesting point, um, Ben, that we're focused on. Because the three lads who are coming back... They're coming back from diff- in different stages of the careers. You know, Virgil Van Dijk's coming back as the best, probably the best footballer pound for pound on the on the best sportsman, probably the best human being that's ever lived, and he's coming <laughs> back from that kind of situation. Um, you know, but it's a but it's a it's a it's a crucial knee injury which we know can can t- will take something away. Matip's coming back in a similar sort of age bracket, albeit one who's who's been plagued with little injuries throughout throughout his time. And Gomez is coming back as a young lad with with all his best years still potentially ahead of him, but another one who's had he's had nothing but big big injuries all the time. We 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 all they're not coming back in the same way. They might all return to training on the you know next week or two weeks time or whatever it is they come back. They might all be starting, but they're all again they're all coming at different circumstances. So we don't know what that what we're getting back from them and how long it's going to take them to come close to the peak again. Yeah, and we've never really had to deal with this before on this scale in the sense of, I mean, Van Dyke never gets injured anyway. But, like, even when they do and they do have little niggles, even Gomez, they all come back and they all pretty much just hit the ground running again. But they've never really been out for this long. Matip's the best example. Whenever Matip's out, if he's out for two, three, four weeks at a time, he comes back, he's just the same player he slots in. And that's why, like, I've never been too bothered about Matip's injuries because you know he's going to come back and he's going to be the same player. Um, and you know you're not going to have any issues with him, but now he's been out since January, and we're going to be—it's going to be at least August until we see him again. Um, you know, if he's fit for the start of the season, so that's my concern. And then you know, it's the same with signings in a way. I mean, there's a few signings that we've had that have had to be blooded in, but um, the majority again have just been fine. They've come in and they've and they've done really well straight from the off. But we can we can't guarantee that with everybody. So if it does take Canate a little bit of time and. You know, I'm not convinced that Joe Gomez is even going to be fit for the start of the season. I think Van Dyke is. So you're going to have Van Dyke. You're going to have once again an inconsistent Joel Matic. You're going to have Canati who doesn't know the system. And again, that, that's it. You know what I mean? So it, it, we are still a little bit short, and it, and it does bother me. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's. I think you. Well done, Sai. I now feel really upset. That's great. Yeah. That's how we've done that really well. There. I, I, you're right, though. There's no way. And right now, and, and this is one of those things, is that I think these are all perfectly valid concerns over yeah. this thing, aren't they? We can't know. Until that first pre-season game comes and you see Van Dyke's playing, lined up and he's playing. You know what I mean? Not yeah. like he's being eased back into those kind of situations or anything other. Until until we have more info, we're right to have a, a, an air of concern over it. Yeah, no. And, and and I'm not saying we need to go out and, spa- and sign a 15, 20 million pound centre-back because I don't, I think the money will be, but will be better. I just don't think anyone wants for B- to see Fabinho at centre-half again, which, no. which, worst case scenario, you can still see that happen. I, I, I mentioned the five. I didn't mention Reese Williams there. We don't know what's going to be happening with him. I wouldn't be surprised if what they do is to keep to keep him around until January and say, look, we we might need yeah. you to drop in here if if 
we need to give someone a rest. Someone get someone picks up a little injury, and then we'll send you out on loan to m- m- maybe a Premier League team, maybe a Champions Championship team. They could do a similar thing with Nat Phillips if we get an offer in for him. Say, look, we really need you to do us a solid here. Hopefully, you can get you can still get your move in January or next yeah. summer, but we need you to stick around because we need the cover at the minute. And I wonder how the um, the fixture list comes out Friday, Wednesday morning. I should say, Chris, and it makes you wonder whether you know if you've got. If you open, if you're opening three fixtures, are Man City, Chelsea, and you know Tottenham or something, you know, <laughs> whereas you know, well, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 brown trousers time. But if if you know if you're open if you're opening the campaign with Crystal Palace, Burnley, and and Brighton or something like that, then there's a world where okay, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not saying I'm comfortable with this particularly, but if you had to start the season how you ended the season. You could, you know, you know what in that Phillips and Reese Williams, you could, you could get by if you really had to. I don't think any of us would want us to face that situation, but they have at least proven themselves at that at that sort of level of football. Yeah, look, listen, if we start the season against any teams, and and they're the three, they're the two lads that are available. Obviously, that says that Canate is not going to be available to start the season. The likelihood is he, he probably is going to be. So let I'll I'll change it to Canate Phillips. I'm fine yeah. with that, by the way. Yeah. Um, as long as I know that it's not, it's like three weeks or four weeks that we've got to get through. And I don't care what teams it is, to be honest with you. I think Phillips has been that good that he's allayed yeah. all of those fears around what teams he plays against. And Canate, you know, that one would be, I wouldn't want to see Canate against the City because I don't, I've not seen a Canate, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I'd rather see him against someone who's not going to attack the shit out of us. Um, so that that's preferable there. But look at, as long as it's not like six weeks or something like that, I'm fine with that because Liverpool have shown that they can find a way to win. And when the pressure was on last season, we turned it up and we, we finished the season, the best team in the league. And, but that's what I want us to start as this season because I think it's massively important that you sort of put your foot to, foot to the floor and just stream away as fast as you can and kill everyone's resolve before Christmas. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, Chris, while we've got you, do you want to hand hand us your first your first fear of the uh, summer? Somebody buying Haaland or a Kane or a Sancho or an Mbappe in our league and us not. Which I... sounds mad, but, you know, if City buy a Haaland or a Harry Kane, I think you've got to sort of go toe-to-toe with them on that type of a transfer because... Yeah. They won the league by 18 points or whatever it was last season. And if they buy Harry Kane, I think they've bagged 40 goals. Like That's how many goals I think he'll score for them. Equally a Haaland or Mbappe or Jadon Sancho. Man United, you know, they finished above us. I think we're still better than them. But they closed the gap massively. So it's almost, it's not a squad fear, but it is at the same time. Because I think one of the other, maybe two of the other teams are going to go absolute balls out and buy someone like that. This this Ben is the this is I think Chris has hit what will be the biggest touch point for Liverpool fan meltdowns on social media over the summer is if one of those big one of those big boys moves and it, at the moment it looks like Sancho's the most likely um, because that's that's just a matter of Man United meeting the meeting the, the the valuation I think at this point and I'm not sure it's necessarily you know the fact that it's Man United I'm a little bit more I'm not I'm not as asked about because they've been doing that with the big name players for a few years it's not really gotten them anywhere but. I take Chris's point there. If other teams are making big moves and Liverpool aren't making big moves, whether it's found or not, that will be what we see loads of people losing their heads over. Yeah, um, you know, I, what I would say there is that there's a long way to go. I mean, I, I think these things won't be finished until 
either the Euros has finished or England's involvement in the Euros has finished regarding Sancho and Kane. Sancho is an interesting one because at the moment he can't get in the England squad. So I understand he's a very, very good player. But, you know, he was left out on Sunday. Clear, clearly, that maybe he's not as rated as highly by Gareth Southgate, a man working with him very closely as the likes of Sterling and Grealish. And I mean, to be fair, it's World. not a great barometer, given that he doesn't rate Trent Alexander-Arnold, but carry on. Yeah, but, but, but you know, there's other players that I'm saying that, that are playing in yeah. our league. Um, that you know, why why wouldn't you have Jaden Sancho on the bench? You know what I mean. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that he's crap on the back of that, but you know, it it, it seems like a, a strange one to me. Um, so um, when it comes to throwing eighty million pounds at Jaden Sancho, I don't know if that's the one that's going to hurt me the most. But what would hurt me is Harry Kane going to Manchester City. I think he is absolutely. Yep. If he can stay fit, he is. He's. I think. I think he's better than Robert Lewandowski. Um. I think he's. I think he's absolutely clinical. Um. And I think that if he's got a team around him with a player like a Kevin De Bruyne, if he's got wingers like Raheem Sterling with him, if he's got players like Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden alongside him, that absolutely terrifies me. If they didn't win the Champions League this year, I'd put a lot of money on them doing it next year if they had Harry Kane because they, they all they achieved this year, they did it without a proper number nine. They've got Jesus who isn't quite up to the standard but you know they're playing Foden in a false nine they're playing you know Bernardo Silva there they're playing Gundogan uh, the main source of the goal was Ilkay Gundogan playing further forward and then he decided not to do that in the Champions League final for some reason um, but it, it had a proper number nine that a world class number nine like Harry Kane and that is trouble for everybody else we might as well pack yeah. up and go home well we said we, we, we and Chris have been saying this side it, it, it's got Kane to City's got very Van Persie to Man United vibes yeah. about it. Of like, you're not getting five years of him being the best centre forward on the planet, but it might only take two another yeah, title yeah. in the Champions League, and yeah. you've done. You, you've made well, well the, the Champions League, especially if he wins them a Champions League, then he's paid for himself, no matter what he paid for him, because that we, we all know how much that Champions League win would, would mean to Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, it would. You mean? Um, I, th- I still think we could go toe to toe with them over the course of the season. I think mm-hmm. you, you know Liverpool have shown that they're capable of winning pretty much every game for the rest of this for 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 a full season. Yeah. So th- th- we can do it. It's but. more again. It's it, as I say, and that's why I made the point about it. It's very much like it's just what it's a perfect Twitter touch point where you realise that. And I, I always make this point, and this is not to say that people in the forties and fifties don't get wound up about it, but people in the in their teens and and twenties, getting wound up about these things slightly slightly more because of the the FIFA generation. Where if you see a, a world class player moving, it's the good example of this is look at last summer. Everyone wanted Timo Werner, and nobody would have chosen Jota over Werner. I mean, I say nobody. You take my point on that. I'm being I'm being broad for the sake of the sake of arguments. Liverpool missing out on Timo Werner seemed like a catastrophe because he was the name. Yeah, he was the one everyone wanted. Been flirting with Liverpool for ages. Klopp had even been flirting with him a little bit, yeah. and it, it just seemed yeah we're, yeah we'll be getting Werner, and it, it looked like an absolute disaster when we yeah. didn't. Maybe Werner would have been brilliant for Liverpool this season. It's impossible to know, isn't yeah. it? But we, but what I do know is Joss said in the time he's been on the pitch has been brilliant for Liverpool. So I'm glad yeah. he's I'm, I'm glad well, he signed for he, us. And yeah. I think if Liverpool don't go for a big name but they, but they want a forward I trust them I trust them to sign the right one because they've shown with the transfer record that they get it right oh, no, 100%. nine times out of ten I, I think it's just one of them isn't it because I just think it'd be nice wouldn't it more than anything else I mean from, I know from my perspective I'm sure I think you feel the same it, you know if it would just be nice for Liverpool to be in them conversations. You know, if it, yeah. I know, I'm not saying Harry Kane, I, I, we've had this before Harry Kane would probably be terrific for Liverpool because he's terrific you know but 
it'd be nice just for, you know, we're just so rarely in those chats for the biggest names. You know, and Jota, as I say, is just another one of those examples. We had this on the on the, the Scotland Watch Along yesterday. You know, we wanted Goethe because Goethe was the name and we got Mane. And, you know, people wanted Brandt and everyone had their eyes all over Julian Brandt and we got Salah. Size right, our track record proves it. But there is just something that exciting about being linked with and, and buying established world-class players. Uh, there is. It's it's not actually the established world class players that I'm interested in, though. It's there's two names on on you know uh, that I mentioned at the start of this in Haaland and Mbappe that are as much a dead set in football barring injuries as I've ever ever seen. Yeah. Like you can, Ben's right about Santos. Santos' career could go one way or the other, and I I guess it's going to go up, but I don't consider him a dead set. I don't consider Harry Kane with his injury record, although he doesn't miss loads of games at a time, a complete dead set, although I do in a City side if he plays. But Mbappe and Haaland, I think, are... Yeah, there isn't... Those who stand on their own in world football at the age that they are, and I think if you get them, you've got probably the two best players in football tied down for the next five years. They're the heir apparent to Ronaldo and Messi, as I see it, and I don't see anybody else getting there and being at that level. So as much as it's, I'd love Liverpool to be involved, I'm also the Bayern Munich side of, just don't want anyone else in the league to have them either, because yeah. I genuinely believe that they're dead. If they want to move outside of England, I'm all right with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. I'll be disappointed. But if those two moved to England and Liverpool didn't make a move, that's what I'm scared of. Because I yeah. just see that whoever buys those players are just like quids in for years. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think that's a, that's a really interesting one. Do you yeah, think we might? Well, do you think we might go and well? Yeah, not this season. I think if they if they stay at their clubs another year, there's a potential where Liverpool might, because I think they want them. But I just don't know whether we we're in a position this year to do that. I I I, I agree. Even with that, then, it's a long shot. Well, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where. I don't. I I think the notion of them are sound, and I think this idea that and look, if you're sitting there going and, and, and there's almost no point drilling up a story where we do do it because it's so unlikely. Yeah. But every now and again, we just are surprised by Liverpool's approach. We think yeah. we've got it all pegged, and then they go out and do something completely, yeah. completely. Going to Thiago, thirty-year-old yeah. Thiago, uh, it com- completely, yeah. completely. That's which is a great, which is a great example of it. You know, and all these ideas where you know, and the people who, who simplify it down to FSG equals bad, FSG don't spend. Like the the, the work's begun on the Anfield Road expansion this week. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the, 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 all the, the things are taken over the club are, t- are still taking strides forward. It's it feels massively unlikely that people are going to get an Mbappe who's going to cost upwards of a hundred million and he's going to be your biggest. He's going to break your wage budgets at the same time in a world where we're already the what the second biggest wage yeah. payers in the in the league already. Yeah, the way the wages thing's a big thing. You're going to have to pay them two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand pound a week because someone else will. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll, and they'll go to them otherwise, and then and then it's a it's a knock on effect of that. Then you have to increase Salah's wages. You, we need to be offering all of our main players. They're all running out of contract in yeah. the next in the next couple of years. They all need to be getting off of contract. And if you bring in Mbappe or Haaland and pay them three hundred thousand, that makes them negotiations an awful lot harder. Yeah. So I, I can see I can see the the negative effect Just, of it. But I think FSG will have had a bit of a, a wake up call with last season. Yeah, like 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 we we properly 
could have not ended up in the Champions League next yeah. season and, and what could have happened. Yeah. Maybe that's made them go, look, maybe we do need to invest in the team a little bit more well, to stop to stop the risk of that hap- happening well, again. Because I, how much money do you lose if you don't get in the, you, in the Champions Look, you're right, League? and I'm not having a, a pop at you in this, but like, it's always that notion of they don't invest in the team. In the last 12 months, we bought... Jota, Thiago, and Canate. Yeah. We bought three lads for the first for the fir- for the first eleven. They just need to keep doing that. We just can't have another summer like the two summers previous to it, where we we kind of went, okay, no, this squad's fine. It doesn't really need it doesn't need much. Just briefly, I'll just because we 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 will be running out of time, so I don't think we'll have time to get through three figures each. Uh, but I'll come to Ben in a second. But you just touch on your one there, the contracts thing, and that my my fear on that is that I don't I don't think we'll lose anyone. That we want to, that we want to keep. Like we're not going to lose Virgil. I don't think we'll lose Hendo. You know, and there's a few players in there. We're obviously seeing contracts starting to be rolled out. But my fear, my slight fear is you go and do all the contract stuff, and then all of a sudden, what have you got left to spend? And then so you have a summer where you've tied that because you, you need to. We did this on the director of football show. You've got to tie Van Dyke down. You've got to tie Fabinho down. You've got to tie Henderson down. And when you've done that, your wage Salah. budget's gone up. Salah, 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 definitely. Your wage budget's gone up, but you've not actually improved yeah. your squad. You've just settled your squad. You've just guaranteed your squad. And what does that? Are we still able to then go and do what else needs to be done if we're doing that in the same summer? Is a slight, is a slight fear of mine. Um, ben, what you got? Um, my my fear is that we've let 40 games a season at least go for free in Junior Wine Album and we're like, what on earth are we gonna do about that? Because he's <laughs> gone away and he, he was I know he I know he plays a different role for the Netherlands, but watching him for the Netherlands the other night be who he was, I was like, Oh, I was like that was just so sad. And knowing that PSG are gonna have him and they might even use him that way. And I understand that he's done a really good job for Klopp, but it, it just made me really like sentimental about how good he's been for Liverpool over the last few years and I just think whatever's happened at Liverpool I think it's an absolute disaster that we've let him go because obviously you know around the fact that uh, you know uh, the story is that maybe we didn't offer him that the the length of contract that he wanted or whatever and PSG have come and have come and done that I think now you know we we need to shift our our sort of perception of, of how old players are and, and, and when how long they're good for in a way. You know, for me, Wayne Alden's around 30. And I think that, again, it might be down to the FIFA generation or whatever, but I think a lot of people kind of switch off to players when they turn 30 and go, oh, you know, that that's it, or is it the back end of his career, whatever. I know Cristiano Ronaldo's Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's 37 years old and he's still captaining the national team and he's still scoring loads of goals for Juventus. Now, he's an extreme example of how you know, play how good is players can be. He's thirty-seven years old. But James Milner is another example of, of you know, if you really fucking look after yourself, you can keep going. Yeah. You can keep going. Genie Wan Aldum's got at least five years at the top level left in him. Yeah. I think it's an absolute disaster that we've let him go for free when he gives us forty games a season. And he's there every week, and uh, yeah. yeah, and I think you need to sign somebody. Last year. Yeah. yeah, it was fifty-one yeah, yeah, yeah. last year. So it's a pretty good point. And and I think whoever you bring in. You, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be cost effective for us because we're gonna have to spend to bring in a decent replacement for him. I know Curtis Jones is there, but they're not the same players. And I just, I think we dropped the massive clangor with it. I, ju- I just think, what, what were we, were we being petty over another year? Were we offering him two years and he wanted three? You know what I mean? It all doesn't quite make sense to me. And I think you know, overall, the, the next contract would have been the one to be stingy on. This wasn't the one. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's all perfectly valid. I, you know, I, I, my only thing about it, I, I, the Dutch thing, I think is dead funny because I watched, I watched the second half of that, the Holland, the Ukraine game, and I, I, I saw the, the Holland lineup, and I was like, who the fuck are these? Yeah, never heard of that. And this, with, at the risk of falling into, a, into the, uh, into the famous Jay Pearson trap of saying I don't know who they are, and then it turns out they're all world class stars. I, um, I, um, I, I genuinely looked at it, went, I don't think that's quite. It's you know he's he's a, he I don't think he plays as a ten for the top sides in Europe. You know what I mean, no. Genie Van Adam. And I think he's good. I, I really like Genie, and I agree. I think he's definitely. He, there's no reason why when James Milner's still be able to get on the pitch and have an impact, Genie Van Adam, who's years younger than him, can't do the same. But I also think we had conversations during the season. And this, go, this, is a, this can be counter-argued both ways. I don't think in a normal season, Gini Van Alden plays as many games for us. No. And maybe we're not as missing his impact. I think he was meant to be faded out, but he wasn't. So nobody that's go, the no, nobody to goes to show that, 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 that he's there. When everyone else was falling apart around him, he was there yeah. playing every single game for us. And I don't think he's had, he had his best season for us. I think there, there was, in, in that bad spell, I don't, I don't think he was great, but he was still there. He was, mm-hmm. still, a man, he was still a man on the pitch. When, it was the uh, most uh, important uh, quality of anyone yeah. last season was literally yeah. being able to, put, know, to take to the field. I know. And 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 now, and now it's gone. I completely agree with pretty much everything Ben Ben said there. And we are we are going to have to replace him. I know there was talk James Pierce was saying that maybe it's not it's not a hundred percent priority. But I think we we are going to have to replace. Yeah. We are going to have to place them games because what it does, Chris, is it, it's you're back into this world of um, you're hoping. You're hoping, mm. and it's a bit like the centre half situation. Can you know? And, and this is provided on whether we get bids in for various players. But until we have, a, until someone buys Cater or Oxley Chamberlain, they're in the squad. So you rely, you're, you're expecting, you're filling. You need to fill Genie Wan Aldum's games with more Fabinho midfield, more Henderson in midfield, more Curtis Jones, more Naby Cater, and more Oxley Chamberlain. And that goes to what my biggest, my biggest fear is. <clears throat> Can Jordan, has Jordan Henderson got 40 or 50 games in him? Because he hasn't had it for a very long time because he's had his own injury problems. Curtis Jones is 20 years old. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's yeah. had lots of big injuries and Naby Keita, it's just, it's, he's become a, a, a bit of an in-joke with us with his inability to take to the field. So that that's, the knock-on impact is that. That's where my fear comes from. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. I did the show last Friday um, on YouTube talking about why Liverpool needed to bolster the midfield options. So it's a fear that I, I 100% hear. Our midfielders missed 95 games last season between them, right? Between seven lads, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Keita, Ox, Jones and James Milner. Um, Fabinho missed 11. Henderson only missed seven, believe it or not. Um, Thiago missed 21. Keita missed 23. Ox missed 20. Kurt Jones didn't miss a, miss a, miss a game. And James Milner missed 13. Gene Wijnaldum's missed 11 since 16-17. Right. Yeah. So just let that sort of sink in there for there for you for for one. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a midfield that has not only misses loads of games, but Henderson's thirty one this week or next week. I think it is. You've got James Milner who's thirty five. You've got Thiago who's thirty years old, Uh, and you've got Ox and Cater who missed between them forty three games last season. I mean, where are the games coming from? I think I think Ben's absolutely spot on, and it's not yeah. as simple as oh, he's missed fifty-one, so you need fifty-one games. Because I think this is where it gets 
mixed up slightly. Like Fabinho probably played 20 at centre-back, so there's 20 yeah. back from the 51, so there's actually 31. And Henderson probably played a handful of games, so there you're, you're actually down to less than 20. Thiago was out for a while. Yeah, Thiago missed 23 games or 21 games, something like that. So if you can fill the centre-back positions, our midfielders should be available more. But that's not to say that they can all play at that consistent level. And you're also saying that like, as long as all this goes, what if they have injuries at the same time? What if they only miss a couple of games each, but they're both out at the same time and you've just got one lad? I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. And I don't trust that Liverpool have got the midfielders to go into this season to win the league and the Champions League. And that's what it's the aim should be. Thing. Exactly, it's the same. It's the same problem as the. It's exactly the same conversation as the defense thing. It's just that you know you are, you are on paper in, in your in your FIFA team and in your footy manager squad. I think Liverpool's squad is absolutely fine. Real in, in realistic terms, because I'm quite I'm quite happy to I'd be I'm playing Curtis Jones more because I think he's earned it and I think he's got a, he's got a massive ceiling and I want to see more Curtis Jones in, in, in midfield. I think that was a, it was a, a transition season for him and I think he handled it really well, um, but. It's, we're not in that world. It, it, these, these are these are very much unknowns, yeah. and you do need to have extra good, particularly because last season there's a big the big warning is you just don't know. It's been another summer another summer of international tournaments on the back of the hardest ever season, and another se- and a season looming where you've got another international tournament in the middle. We still don't know what the Olympics is going to do to our squad as well. You know, in addition to that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the defense thing, in an ideal world, what def? I, I'd have another defender on top of the one we've bought, and I think we definitely need a midfielder. We've not even talked shy about goals. Yeah, you know, because yeah, that's the one yeah. more big one. Yeah, the a, a lad who just puts the ball in the back of the net is yeah. the other is the other big looming fear. It is. It is. There's, there's question marks over for me, and I wasn't there. Um, I still love him. I still, I still think he's capable of producing fantastic performances. He showed that a few times towards the end of the season, um, Man United, Man United away especially. But yeah, the question marks are there. Salah scored loads of goals last season. You know that. It, you know that it, if, if he if he plays every game, he's going to score 20, 30 goals a season. He's done it for three or four years in a row now. Um, yeah, I think we do. We don't know what we don't know what Mane's going to be like. Yeah, Mane, Mane was poor last season. He was by his standards, he was awful. Um, and and yeah yeah it's funny because it, like, you know he's he's a perfect example of that he ends up actually still probably one of the most prolific left wingers yeah. in the in, in world yeah. footy but you're right again these are the this is no, this is why we're doing this none of us have the actual answers but we're talking about them. these are all the little gnawing doubts that exist yeah. in the back of our mind because in the worst case scenario fatalist thinking leads you down the path of what if X Y and Z gets yeah. injured and we have these conversations every year and they never normally come to fruition because that many players don't get injured but last season was the one that fucking threw everything, everything up in the air. And so we're, I think we're right to have a couple of, some more of these concerns. If ever there was a season to have one more and yeah. to go a little bit more, because Man City aren't asked. Fuck me. Man City are being linked with more £50 million yeah. fullbacks. Give it a rest. Well, so honestly, I've got this feeling, right, that Pep Guardiola was knocked back by a girl who played fullback at school. Mm. Like the love of his life, who wouldn't have anything to do with him, played fullback. So he's trying to fill his life with fullbacks to kind of make up with it in later life now that he's rich mm. and he can have whatever he wants. It's like uh, when you get all these famous directors who, 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 who put loads of like attractive women in the movies because they were geeks and they got knocked back loads of uh, loads. Of that's what, that's what Pep's doing. Just loves a fullback. Um, there's the Afcon thing. Talking about the forwards, there's the Afcon yeah. thing. Salah and Mane are going to be gone for a month, a month and or what, so. So what season. are you left with? 
You left with Firmino, Firmino and Jota. Firmino, Jota, and um, Harvey Elliott as yeah, your front three. Arigi probably goes. Shakiri yeah. probably goes. And but I think they're waiting on on the, on those sales to 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 see who they're going to be able to afford yeah. to to sign as a forward. But I I think you should be signing a forward and then trying to get rid of the players because we're going to need them. Yeah, hundred percent. Scott Hawks. Here, I think. Chat I think. Sorry, Paul, sorry I think. The- I think what, what they should do is what everybody does when they get money out for a loan or something. They just get more on that Anfield Road extension for an extra player or two. You know what I mean? And everyone's going, yeah, it's for this, but I'm just going to get a little bit more out. Home yeah. improvements. And bye! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Put an extra, like an extra, like, like a, like a stand. Yeah, just like, we're putting an extra special tier on the top that only real fans can see. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean you can't see the third tier on the Anfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so Scott talks in the Super Chat. Thank you, Scott. Is, uh, hopefully Thiago will have a good run this season, but relying on Curtis to be our only Iron Man seems dangerous after a year of doing the same at the back. Yeah, I, I agree again. I, I think that's a, there's a very, very valid fear indeed. And, you know, it goes back to the, the thing of, is Harvey Elliott going to be ready to, to step up? You know, all of us, I think most of us, if not all of us, would accept Shaqiri and Origi moving on. And that's the point is, they were there last season they were available and we still didn't use them so yeah. we don't necessarily need them but having one more lad who's definitely good enough to go in there I think we'd all be we'd all be much more relaxed about about that kind of situation there's a good comment earlier which I, I, I wish I could find but I, I've scrolled past unfortunately about that the Kane thing saying City have had a 30 goal a season centre forwards you know for the last how many years Kane's effectively just replacing Aguero in that squad although to the point they didn't have him last season so they should, and they won the league. So that that is a that that's definitely something to be scared of. Let's mm. all be scared. Um, we we're going to talk about Adrian's new contract. Um, uh, we're going to do this on the Reds transfer um, news show, which we've got uh, streaming on the RedmenTV.com this afternoon. Uh, we did a little bit of it yesterday, Chris and I. But I think the overriding feeling is if he's third choice, um, if he's third choice, Chris, fine. If it means he's second choice, I can understand a little bit of a little bit of concern. I've not asked if he is our second choice keeper. If you guarantee me that Allison's fit every game this season, <laughs> <laughs> but no one's going to be able to guarantee me. So I am asked because if yeah. he is our second choice keeper, he's not good enough, unfortunately. Um, I'm not. I just don't know I, I, until I know what's happening with Kelleher. I can't tell you how I feel about Adjia yeah. being signed up for another year or whatever. Because why would you? Kelleher's a better goalkeeper. Kelleher ousted. Adrian has the number two last season in my eyes. You know, when it came to games played, Kelleher, I think, played more games than him, didn't he? You know, so, and you could see the potential that he's got, but equally, Jürgen isn't going to stand in the way of someone progressing as a footballer. If a 22, 23-year-old lad wants to go and play football, that's actually also what Jürgen wants, because he wants him to improve. He wants him to be a better option in the future. He wants him to actually push Alisson, because he's not getting pushed by Adrian. He's he's literally just there in case he gets injured. Yeah, well, that's it. And you want, Ben, you know, it'll seem counterintuitive, but... If Keller's going to need, at some point, he's going to need to play football matches to 
to actually grow and get the experience. Being a goalkeeper is half experience. You know, it's agility and all that, but there's a reason why goalkeepers lose a little bit of that, but still are the best in the world in the 30s. But people still talk about Neuer and, and like, like Buffon's still going. He's dropped down to Serie B, but he's he's you know he's he's it's because experience counts for a lot. Liverpool might have to weaken their goalkeeping situation this season to strengthen it next season, but that won't make us that won't make us feel any comforted having to live through this season if they do that. Yeah, and as Chris said, you know, if it was all if, if you could guarantee me that Allison was going to be fit and none of this was relevant, then I, I wouldn't have a problem with with any of this happening. Um, for me, I, like Adrian's made some high profile mistakes. But if he if he was in goal for a run of five or six games, I I don't think I'd be too concerned. It's if Allison gets himself injured for a two three month period that be, it becomes a real problem yeah. for me because I don't think that Adrian's got the consistency. I think you can you can you can shove him in goal for five or six games and say, look, just do the basics right, don't do anything daft, and you can get through that period. But then you know as you go through a real sustained spell of the season, you need him to be buying into the way that we play um, in order for the team to function how it should and, and, and what have you, then it becomes a little... And this is just the this is the evolution of the goalkeeping position because 10 years ago, this wouldn't be an issue. You'd be able to have a backup goalkeeper in your side for, for three, four months. And because of the way that goalkeepers weren't necessarily attuned to the system and the way that they played with their feet and all of that, it wasn't as much of a problem. You know, you'd yeah. just be able to say, oh, shove me in goal, make me some saves, kick it dead far at goal kicks and it won't be an issue. But now it's like a little bit more complicated than that with goalkeepers because you want them to be able to you know, play long passes like Edison does and you want them to be able to throw it more tactically and things like that. So I think um, I think that's the issue that we've got. If, if, if Alisson gets himself injured and he's out for, like that spell that he was out for at the beginning of the title winning season, he, he picked up the injury at home to Norwich and he was out for ages. And he, I think he came back like late October. If you're talking about that long, that's where I'd be like, for Adrian. And, and so I think that's the decision that Klopp's got to make. If yeah. Alisson, he's got to prepare, he's got to say, look, I've got to prepare for Alisson being out that long. And if that's the case, do I want Kelleher or do I want Adrian? It's a whole summer of going, God, what happens if he gets injured again? Yeah, that's yeah. The, I think the, that's the, been the, the, to summarise this show. Go on. The mad thing is, we're going to have to have three goalkeepers, so the likelihood is, you know, it is going to be Kelleher and Adrian. Yeah, because you can't go well, into the season with two goalkeepers. Well, yeah, because what happens if you get an injury? Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. You definitely do any of them. You, you not need, even the first yeah, yeah. teamer. Adrian, Adrian still played games after Kelleher had been promoted to second choice yeah. because Kelleher got injured as well, and then and then um, Alison Alison's dad obviously died. Adrian yeah. Adrian was the one who came who came in because Kelleher was injured. Yeah. Your third choice player. Kithetra's keeper hopefully doesn't, but, yeah. but, but there's a good well, yeah. chance you have to play games. It's just whether, yeah, I agree. And look, and the, the general rumblings are that it will be third choice. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this more on the Reds Transfer Roundup show. And we'll be talking about Florian Neuhaus as well. So if you want to have a little bit more of a chat about that, then do sign up to the TheRedmanTV.com and check out that show. Right, we're going to be talking about the Jordan Henderson documentary because I've got Si and Ben here with me as well who've been, who've been working away on this one uh, um, to make it the best that it can possibly be. If you haven't seen the trailer for episode two, uh, we've got that for you right now and then we'll have a good old, a good old chat about it in a second. See you in a sec. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Settled in really quick. You could tell he was a real humble kid. It was sad, but at the, at the same time, if that's what they wanted to do, then fine. John Henderson will go to Fulham and Clint she will come to Liverpool. Do I think that would have been the right decision? The answer would have been no. Leaving Liverpool to go to Fulham? You, you wouldn't go, would you? That never happened, so that's good. That was the season when he truly arrived as a Liverpool player. You start Hendo that would provide the energy for the team. We missed them immensely in them, in them final few games, for sure. You've got some bad news. It's what I thought you had. You've got cancer. Well, I can't remember much after that win the league and get every man of the match every week. That's what you need to do. I think it was the ideal choice. I couldn't see how they could do anything other than give him the captaincy once he played the way he played. What a feeling that must have been for Jordan. I don't see that Jordan changed, you know, because he had the armband. That whole run up all the way to Kiev was so good because I think it was Unexpected. I could be a Champions League winner, yeah. It was a tough night for all of us, for him as well. Is it times like that when Jordan Henderson really comes to the fore? We wouldn't be the team that we are today without that game. I think then it felt like the next time it was going to be ours. Hey everyone, welcome back. Yes, episode two of the Jordan Henderson documentary series that we have made for you guys. Hendo, 10 years of red, is on a early release right now on the RedmenTV.com for Club Legends. It's going out to all subscribers on the RedmenTV.com on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully everyone's checked out the first episode, but I've got Sai, uh, who has been the, the, doing, the, the, let's say the lion's share of the work on this yeah. project <laughs> in the studio. Um, Sai, it's been... It's, I think it's fair to say it's the biggest thing you've ever made. It's the biggest thing we've yeah. ever made. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's been enormous. The the amount of interviews, the amount of work that's gone in, the amount of editing that's gone in, the amount of pre-production planning that it's gone in. Um, yeah, it's by, by far the biggest thing we've ever done, and I'd, I'd like to think it's the best as well. I'd, I, I'm so made up i mean ben you'll have seen this as well like the the response to episode one because for people who obviously don't don't kind of know what we've been doing this the, the three of us have kind of been doing it side si, si has been doing the, the vast majority of it and pulling it all together ben and i have done a lot of the the interviews along the way but the reception to that first episode has been has been unreal yeah um and i think it's just the level of detail that we've got into you know um you obviously 
we've we've gone and spoken to his old coaches and and his dad and we've gotten those like little stories around his childhood and and playing football he used to play for a club called Fourwell Juniors up in Sunderland and you know we 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 managed to speak and get some experiences of of, of how you know the, that players from that club are, it's kind of a feeder club almost to get into the Sunderland academy so we went up and we spoke to Jed McNamee who runs that still runs the Sunderland academy we went up and we we had a chat with him about John's experiences and you you know you learn about the difficulties that he had kind of developing physically when he was a teenager. So, you know, Jed was saying that when he kind of got to 15, 16, he wasn't quite having the impact on on games that he was when he was, you know, a young kid and, and they were worried about whether he would actually make it at the time. And obviously, you know, eventually he does and he plays for Sunderland and, and the rest, as they say, is history. But as I say, just to have that whole first episode on his life before Liverpool... I think is really interesting for people because everybody knows Liverpool stuff. Everybody knows, you know, and, and there's some really interesting content in and little snippets of things in episodes two and three. But, you know, that for a lot of people, episode one will have been brand new content for them and they've been learned about Henderson. And I think that's why it's been so such a good reception. Well, it was even it was even really interesting for me. I don't know if you'd say the same yeah, finding yeah. out about it while while we were making it, like like all the little things hearing these little stories, and as each person tells you something different, you're painting the bigger picture, and then you think, oh, oh I want to find out more about that, and then you ask the next person about it, and you find you're painting the bigger picture for it. Like an example for that is the um, the video which is now famous, which we showed them showed them a couple of years ago of him like doing the skills uh, with with his mates just on the streets and he, he he told us a couple of years ago it was his mates media project but then the fact that his coaches at Sunderland are telling him about that saying we, we were just training one day and then someone was passing this video around of him doing the skills and they were made up with it and they were saying it shows that not only like it is he um you know he's got a love of football and it, it's a passion it's showing the the character he's got as well and and all that kind of stuff uh, soccer am went into went into the academy and he did the uh, skill school thing against a lad called nathan luscombe and they were saying at the time it looked like nathan luscombe was going to be the more talented player um he actually won the skill school thing but he ended up not making not making a great career in football whereas jordan's obviously gone on to what to, to what he achieved and just learning all them things and then obviously piecing the story together to tell to people who are watching it it's just been it's been an amazing experience the, to be honest the thing you're, you're right i think the thing that's been most interesting about it um sorry, is how many how many people said yes like yeah. you know you, you, I, so I'm, I, we're working on a separate project which I don't really want to go too much into but it was something I've said in, 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 in writing about it is that I football is, a, is an industry of no's or maybe or maybe later or whatever but moreover you get nothing people think people see the thing the good things that we get down the, down the years and they go oh it's this but it, it, it is a infinitesimally small fraction of, of compared to everything else that you have to do in, in and around it I mean the name let's just go through it if you don't mind yeah. the names that are actually yeah. that so Trent Alexander-Arnold Kenny Dalglish Stephen Gerrard Jamie Carragher Gareth Southgate his dad Brian um, we've got his old his old coaches from Sunderland we've got Lucas Lever who we've already got a fairly good good relationship with anyway um, there's probably some, there's probably some more well, I'm thinking, but then yeah. and then you've got journalists like Mel Reddy, James Pierce, Simon Hughes. You've got Chelsea Grimes, who's brilliant. All just as soon, uh, we asked them, yeah, we're doing this on Henderson, and they were just like, yep, yeah, I'll do it, no problem, no no problem whatsoever. It, like it, there was a little bit of work getting the contact for them people, but as soon as we asked the question, yeah, they, yeah, everyone we asked was interested, pr- pretty much everyone. Well, yeah, yeah, well that's it. I mean, there's a there's a there's a, there's a few omissions and then not for the lack not for the lack of trying, but obviously there's some that were just it's conflicting schedules, yeah. and I think at times 
people working at other football clubs were harder yeah. to, ha- harder to get. But I, like the Peter Moore's a really good example from yeah, my Peter experience. Moore, of course. I was oh, sat yeah. in, an, in an afternoon thinking, oh, I could actually do with him just to talk about the because he was at EA Sports when Jordan got that was the FIFA yeah. cover star, and I kind of wanted to just get his take on that. And I, I dropped him a DM, and he was like, "Yeah, when?" I was like, "Tomorrow." Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, and and like within twenty four hours, Peter yeah. Moore is, is, you know, and he's on a, a I think he's like a seven hour time difference now to yeah. us or whatever. So he was getting up at it was like eight o'clock in the morning or yeah. something for him to put his the time aside to talk about it. And uh, I mean, Ben, just in terms of the people you spoke, like you you did the um, the Gareth Southgate interview, which is which is I think is that's a that the one for me because. I think Gerard was probably the the most Gerard and Klopp are the biggest getting and Carragher. I didn't as even well. mention yeah Klopp when I went through that list. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like like but they're all Liverpool connected. Gareth Southgate is the one I remember watching the trailer back when you first and you, and Gareth Southgate crop, crops up and it's like oh Christ it's like yeah. he's the England manager yeah. and I know we he's not as held in this like you know in the same sort of esteem as previously but he. Ben, he's, the, he's, he's literally the, he's literally the national team manager, and he took time aside to to to, to contribute towards it. I know, and it, and I think um, he, he actually said it himself. I mean, it was a ma- it was a massive moment for me to sit to sit where Sai is sitting now and, and be chatting to the England manager. It was it was just insane, and, and it was also mad because that was around to give people an insight into how long we've been working on this. That was around the time that all the Super League stuff was going on. So like the world of football was in an anarchy, and and Gareth Southgate, the England manager, was still sat you know having to make time. He said it himself. He's got Jordan has so much respect from everybody that he works with within football, and I think that's why so many people have said yes. They're always happy to talk about Jordan because of their experience that they've had with him, working with him, speaking to him in his ears as a player and as a person, the leadership qualities that they've got, but also you know the way that he connects with people clearly on a human level. Um, you know, and and he talked about when because we we were talking about at the time with the work he's done off the pitch and and the influence he's got, but also the story breaking around that time around the Super League was that you know he was trying to gather all the captains to to have that meeting about what they were going to do with it, and and Gareth mentioned that in one of his answers, he was saying he's just got that influence within the game when anybody would just drop anything to do with him. And I think, you know, for people like that, Gareth Southgate, he's preparing for a massive international tournament at that time. He's got a lot of squad selection headaches and things like that. He's, he's happy to do a nice interview like that for a change. He's, you know, he's probably, that's been probably dropped on his lap by the press officer for the FA. He was brilliant with us as well. And he's gone, Oh, you know what? I will do that. And you know what I mean? And, and that is just the type of person and the, the, um, sort of the impact that Jordan's made on everybody around him in the industry. Steve, Stephen Gerrard, uh, another great example of that as well. We did it, got, got in touch with got in touch with Rangers, and uh, they was up in Glasgow at the time. But it was pretty much, I think, the, the week they they were winning the league that week, yeah. and Gerrard sat down and gave us 50, gave fifteen minutes of his time to 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 answer our questions. We 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 did we wouldn't we couldn't go up because obviously COVID rules and stuff. But Rangers sat him down. We sent a list of I'm questions. And filmed it, it really I'm, nice I'm, for us. Yeah, filmed filmed it really nice for us. Sent it across to us. So that's Rangers taking time as well. Sunderland have been absolutely fantastic with us. Oscar Chamberlain, who's the media media officer for Sunderland, has been unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just been great how people have taken the time for for not an awful lot of benefit for themselves yeah. to 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 do it to help us because they want to they want to they know that we're shining a light on Jordan as a person and a player and they want to help to do that. What's been your favourite interview? Um, it'd have to be Kenny. 
it'd have to be. It's, it, it, Kenny, Kenny Dalglish coming into the office and spending a couple, <laughs> couple of hours with us. It's a, it's it, it, it couldn't be anything else. I know we've done we've done a few others over Skype again for COVID restrictions, but for Kenny to to, to come in, we you know we told him the office was COVID safe and we followed all the restrictions and all, and all that kind of thing. For him to come in and take take a couple of hours out of his time was just an unbelievable experience. He's he's my he's my hero, even though he, I, I was I'm too young to remember him playing. He's for for what he's done for this football club. He, he's my hero and to, to spend to spend that time and and also his interview was fantastic as well yeah I, I like there's a couple for me I mean, I've enjoyed all of them to be perfectly honest but like there's two the Klopp one for the start because I just love chatting to Jürgen Klopp and I, it was funny because he'd obviously done a bunch of stuff and he he, he apparently said it was his favourite one to do which is yeah. fucking amazing like you know when he, he obviously just he's sitting down in a room and Liverpool would actually the Liverpool at LFC TV were really good to, to shoot down they set two camera angles up and it, so it looks looks fantastic as well Um, just put a massive smile on my face yeah. because again he's obviously you know obviously in other, other ones people are talking to him about like the season and the season's been a bit crap so to get Jürgen talking about the good stuff and his favourite memories and he talks about like Jordan Henderson about how he's, he's had a cob on because he's been playing centre yeah. half and how he just goes he's been phoning Jordan's, Jordan's wife to like say um, just let me know if he comes yeah. back in a bad yeah. mood because I find it dead funny hmm. I, I, I watched I'd done the interview and I watched it back when I was away last week I'm sat in a restaurant outside on, on my own with this on and I snort laughed <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant <laughs> of like because I was I just it, it made me laugh and the other one was Trent which was, you know, could have been could have, he's a football, he's a professional footballer that could have he's been only young as well exactly yeah. that could have been five minutes ten minutes of just yeah he's dead good yeah he's whatever it was like an hour yeah and he gave these incredible passionate like with with a smile on his face like the amount of things where he says and you'll see a lot more of him in the second in the second and third episodes obviously the stuff that we're talking about in the first episode Trent hasn't got that much to do with yeah. so there's a couple of little maybe a couple of little bits in there but the the second and third episodes Trent plays a massive part in them and he's he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. That was one of the ones that was just genuinely, genuinely brilliant. Um, you can't hold the yeah. camera still, though. No, no one can. <laughs> Professional footballers are not, are not great with framing. We'll give them. We'll definitely say that. Him and, him and Lucas put it on um, a table, Trent. I said so the entire yeah. time. I'm like, put it, put it on a coffee table for God's sake. Yeah, he did. He did. But yeah, given, 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 all told, I uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take what he, what he gave us. But I am, um, yeah, I, I think the, the the brilliant thing to to point out, you're right, because there's loads to come. Because obviously, episode one, as you mentioned, um, is very. It's it's the early years of Jordan. So you know, if you're a Liverpool fan and you want to know more about the Liverpool stuff, then I think that's the really exciting thing because I've just I've seen episode two now. Episode three is in the works as as we speak. What's brilliant about it? Obviously, we we put episode one out for for free, so everyone could check that out on YouTube. Episodes two and three are exclusive to to our streaming service because obviously we want to be able to do this stuff more for you guys. So obviously we have to find a way to fund it, of course. But there's tons of content on there. But I think that's really cool. You know, we mentioned the Trent stuff. There's more from Trent. There's more from Klopp. There's more from Stevie. There's more from Cara. There's more from Kenny because yeah. we're now entering into Two, he's just signed for Liverpool, and it runs up until Kiev. Kiev, yeah. So it's yeah. So he signs for Liverpool. You've got Carragher and Kenny telling the story about what he's like when he first came in. You've got the struggles of the first season. You've got thirteen fourteen when he really starts to come into his own. You've got Jer- we've got Gerard talking about the thirteen fourteen season, um, and then on on to on to Kiev. Trent Trent's um, recollections of the stories around Kiev talking about the city and the Roma games, fantastic. Um, 
and his dad. Uh, I, I, I mentioned that Kenny. Kenny was probably my favourite interview, but it, but Brian's just been un- unbelievable with us. You know, yeah. he, he invited us up to Sunderland to his house, and we sat with him for a good. It was a good two or three hours. We, we were sat with him for. He was, you could see how happy he was telling the stories, and he was showing us all the old photos. He's got a couple of Jordan's old shirts that he's showing us from famous games and stuff like that. Um, and it was ju- it, it was just amazing that he's that the Brian's taking the time. To, to speak to us and you know you know, you know everyone knows the stories that have, that, that have gone on with you know Brian was ill and stuff like that he told, told us those kind of stories he told us the stories of him getting down onto the pitch at the end of the Champions League final in Madrid which you know I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to, to, to watching him to watching and him recite that this is the thing because I, I could sit and I could do I could tell you the story of Jordan Henderson you know, in a broader stroke, most of us could because, you know, we've been at the club for 10 years and we love him, you know, and, and we can tell you the high points and the low points and it's got all that in. You know, we've got the, the Clint Dempsey stuff is in the, in episode two, you know, of him nearly being made as makeweight for Clint Dempsey, which is mad and getting some getting the recollections of the people around at the yeah. time for that. Yeah, you've got Carragher and Gerard t- t- talking about that, talking about the views on that and I think they, they, they're quite uh, quite vocal about whether, whether they think that would have been a good idea or not. Yeah. Spoilers, they don't think it would have been a good idea. <laughs> Yeah. If we uh, <laughs> if we swap Jordan Anderson for Clint Dempsey, yeah. So like, and this is the thing about this: it's not just us telling the tons. We've got, you know, I've done. I did the 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 Klopp three year, the first three years of Klopp documentary on my channel, and it was just me telling the story with some punctuated with some bits and pieces. But it's being told by the people yeah. who've got first hand experience. And that's what stands it apart from everything yeah. else. It's got, you know, you're getting first hand insight. I mean that's why, you know, it's it's eras. So that's why episode one is very is very Sunderland focused. Episode two, you know, again, Carragher's a big part of this one. Yeah. Um you mentioned the Gerard Kenny Dalglish is a massive part of this one. And then just looking ahead to next week, Trent will come into his yeah, own even yeah, more in Yeah, that, yeah, in that. yeah, yeah. And the, Jürgen, of course. The, the, there's the Barcelona stuff, which is the part that I'm actually in the middle of editing now that, that, that I'm going to be getting back to after finishing this podcast. You've got Henderson gets injured in the first half of the Barcelona game and you've got half time of Barcelona we've got Trent and Jürgen tell, telling the stories of that and t- telling the stories about what got said Trent, Trent telling, telling the story of obviously the corner and stuff like that we had, we had to get that in yeah. even though it's not strictly Henderson focused <laughs> you know we've got to ask Trent about that when, when we're talking about the Barcelona game haven't we and then onto the Madrid final we've got the celebrations we've got onto on winning the league Um Episode episode two is kind of like heartbreak centered in a way. It's, it's quite an emotion. It's quite it's an emotion. It's the Empire episode. Strikes Back of the yeah, trilogy. Yeah. Where it's it's got the most like I think it's got the most. You're right. It's got the yeah. real emotional core yeah. to it. Um, and, but we've so we've it, so episode one's the early days. Episode two is the armband, oh, yeah. and, we, and we're talking like the glory of yeah. for the for episode three. So it's a it's a ride that we're taking people on, you know. And I, I, that's why I, I love it the most. It's not. It, you know, it's it's as warts and all as you can almost be. There's no punches pulled. We we talk. We got people talking about the hard, the really hard times yeah. that he's gone through, and also the you know the Man City sending off. Don't pull the yeah. punches on that. How important he was to Liverpool not to to get into a stage to win the league, and then not winning the league is a lot. Yeah. You know, centered around those stuff. So, and obviously the heartbreaker kid, but also how what a great story it was yeah. in getting there and the, it's the heartbreak that makes his story so fascinating uh, like like you've got players who, who get to who get to the top of football and stay there and the, and you know great story but it's the fact of, of, of what he's been through to get there he's been doubted by pretty much everyone whether it's fans or the players managers 
um, and he, he's been through hard times personal outside of football. He's been through, he's been losing finals, losing losing leagues, but then it all it makes it all the better when he gets that glory and gets to lift the trophies at the end of it. And spoilers, um, in some regards, he's just won an NBA, which is definitely meant there's a big <laughs> bit of scrabble around yeah, to get episode yeah. three box. I actually, funnily enough, I just, I don't think anyone does. I, I, I did, I, I actually messaged him congratulations, but did say that, you know, it, we've now we've now got a good ending on it, but if he happens to score a screamer against Scotland on Friday, <laughs> then it might mean a little yeah. bit more scuffling <laughs> around as well. So we'll have to see on that. Um, but yeah, just obviously, you just want to say, if you guys have checked out episode one so far and you're sitting on the fence and you want to know more insight into some, some of the brilliant Liverpool moments, I can't, you know, we've made it. So I, I have, to, I kind of, I do have to say, but also I, I, I can't also stress how, this is levels above anything we've ever done. Anyone on YouTube has ever done, in particularly in the football space. Um, fantastic. And it's worth mentioning, we're talking about these interviews. They're all going to be getting re- released on the website as well. Yeah, so and they're, all fa- they're, all, they're all fascinating. The, the, one that we, we, we spoke about is Kevin Ball's interview. Yeah. You know, he's a Sunderland coach. It's the kind of thing that if you're, if you're a Liverpool fan, you'll look at it and you'll go, oh yeah, I want to watch Klopp, I want to watch Trent, I want to watch Kenny, all, all this. But the Kevin Ball interview is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's about it's about 40 minutes long and he speaks so well and he's funny and he's passionate you can see how proud he is that he's worked with Jordan you can see how much time he's still got for him he speaks about the time that Jordan's still actually got for him as well yeah um it's it's an unbelievable interview that's worth that's worth the subscription alone and then and then everything else added to it and that's that the point about this is again I know this is a bit, bit sort of salesy and all that but obviously it has to be you guys who watch us for free on YouTube are, are amazing and thank you so much for doing that of course um but what we do above and beyond on the uh, RedmanTV.com, it is our streaming platform. It is a Netflix for Liverpool fans that we're trying to build for you guys. We've got some great content on there anyway, but the content drop that we're just putting out over the next few weeks. So episode one went out alongside Klopp, Kevin Ball and Bolo and Zenden. Obviously, we didn't want to release too much of the of the Liverpool stuff because it kind of spoils the it spoils the old the the later episodes. Right now, it. episode two is on early release for Club Legend subscribers, which is our top tier, but it's available to every all the subscribers from Wednesday. But that's Jamie Carragher, Lucas Leiva, <laughs> and Mel Reddy, and uh, Mel Reddy, another and Mel another Reddy unbelievable interview. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to expand on that, Ben? <laughs> well, she was just very, she's just very energetic. She can tell she you can tell she really loves him. And obviously, you know, I I did that interview, um, and and obviously, like when you when you do an interview, obviously you're trying to like bounce off what she's saying, and you, you know, but you've got a list of questions, and we we were getting a bit short for time. And I've now watched the interview back, and I've watched the episode documentary. She's so animated with everything that she says. She's so enthusiastic about what she's talking about, and you just you just end up so engrossed in what she's saying because she's passionate about it you know what i mean and it happens with anybody you know that might be happening with what we're doing here anybody listens to this podcast mm-hmm. when everybody everybody anybody's talking about something they're passionate about you just want to listen to them say more and i think out yeah. of all of them you could tell that she, she possibly like she possibly had the most love for him out of it, yeah. out of all the journalists and media people that we interviewed and i don't know whether that you know she didn't go into any detail i don't know whether like they've had uh, you know, some kind of like she, she said that she he'd helped her out with a few things in the past, and, and you know that they they obviously had a communication stuff. So I don't know whether they got a bit of a friendship, um, but yeah, she she was real. She had a real she had a real um, yeah, interest that, 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 in what he yeah. was doing. That was something she made clear. Yeah. She said, honestly, the amount of times that he's just got in touch with me, asking if I'm okay, saying saying stuff like when 
when the lockdown was going on last year, obviously Mel's from South Africa, saying that she, he knew that she will have been pretty much at home while her family are in South Africa. She's worrying about her family and the situation over there. And Jordan just get, got in touch with her and saying, are you okay? How, how are you getting on? And he's, in, he's brilliant, mate. Yeah. I, it's just absolutely unreal. Yeah, and, and just like, just like throw there in the comments to say, like, stop spoilers. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, we're not doing spoilers. We're just, you, you all know the, the, <laughs> yeah. high, the big points of, of Jordan's life because you've been a Liverpool fan, I, I guess. But, you know, uh, it, it just in terms of what the content is coming out. So, yeah, we've got those three. That's bonus content that's going out. So, obviously, you've got the episodes. If you want them on early release, become a Club Legend subscriber. If you just want them on the Wednesdays, that's absolutely cool. Uh, yeah, just go and sign up. It's £5 a month for the for the, for the for your standard subscription on the, the RedmanTV.com. Next week, um, we've got... I mean, still to come, by the way. I, I think some of this is still to be finalised. But in terms of the full interviews that haven't gone out yet, that will be going out over the next few weeks... Kenny's still got to come out. Yeah, so 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 next week we've got Kenny, we've got Peter Moore, and we've got someone else as well. Yeah, we've got Gerard and Trent still to come. Yeah, um, and then there's just there's a there's, there's a few just, others there's like 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 um, Jeb McNamee, who was one of his coaches, Sunderland, who Ben mentioned before. We yeah. sat down with him for a good good forty five minutes. Loads of loads of great stories from him. Um, I would say you know we've done this in the past where like twenty minutes with Jurgen Klopp is like the biggest thing we've ever done. We've got that, and I'm almost concerned that we're like, oh, what else have we got an interview with Jürgen Klopp? We've got a 20 minutes exclusive interview with Jürgen Klopp, and it's the best thing. I've, I, you know, It's made me so ex- extraordinarily happy. Uh, so yeah, all of those things are coming out over the next few weeks. So yeah, if you want to go and sign up, then please do. Uh, if you need to keep yourself tidied over, uh, you know, obviously plenty of football to keep you entertained with the Euros, but if you want to uh, have a nice old reminisce, feel some good feelings, uh, then do go and check out Hendo 10 Years of Red. The and, and, do, and do leave a comment as well please actually if you're watching it on the website there's a there's a comment section there and it'd be lovely to to hear your comments and your your thoughts on the episode because obviously we are we are putting a lot of time into it and and the comments that, that we get back they won't make it all worthwhile and knowing that people have watched it and enjoyed it so yeah if you watch it then please leave a comment for yeah, me please 100 yeah Sai's been traveling the length and breadth of the country getting this done he's now been locked in a room for the last three weeks straight we let him we've let him out to come and do this <laughs> like so if you want to support Sai for all the hard work he's doing then yeah i do uh, please uh, do go and check it out on the redmantv.com uh, episode one and two are streaming right now if you're a club legend uh but yeah wednesdays is when the normal content drop is over on there and we've got the reds transfer roundup show that we're talking about we've got weekly shows going out for you guys in the interim so plenty to keep you entertained uh, thank you so much it's been a real thank pleasure I'm, I'm dead excited for episode three now can't wait to see the feedback on episode two and then dead excited for episode three because i've not seen that at all yeah it's going to be an absolute belter because yeah some spoilers um it's got all the trophies <laughs> so yeah that should be pretty good uh, but yeah thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week you guys are absolutely amazing hope you have a fantastic day the podcast will return next week uh, and we'll see you all very very soon Ta-da.